Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 661 with a review of Those Who Wish Me Dead. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we did not watch The Woman in the Window, but we did watch both the woman in the fire tower and the woman in the box. Um, yes. So this week we are going to be talking about this this review of this film for those who wish me dead and also a little Netflix film that came out um, called Oxygen, um, which I'm sure will be fun to chat about in a little bit. Um, yeah. But, you know, we... We had another week, week little break in there. Um, we're back with two films to try to make up for that. Uh, but to start this one off, you know, Stephen, it's hard to get back into the flow. So I'm going to lob a softball for the opening of this episode just to give you a random question for this banter at the beginning of the episode. So uh, at any point during this film, Stephen, did you Google whether it's safe for a six months <laughs> pregnant woman to ride a horse? Mm. <laughs> uh, to ride a horse? No. Uh, to be around smoke? I definitely thought about that a lot. Um, Riding a horse, I did not. And now I'm intrigued. I honestly didn't even cross my mind. I I just felt like, (laughs) yeah, wow. I would be a terrible uh, father to be apparently because I didn't even think about that. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I didn't think about the smoke, but I was also still thinking about the writing. I mean, I mean to, to spoil a visual gag in this film, sorry, sorry for everybody before we get into this episode, minor, minor spoilers, but there's a visual gag um, in which there's a scene with a woman who is six months pregnant, who needs to move quickly for reasons I won't divulge yet. And she goes, she opens up a door to like a barn or something and goes, should I take the quad? Should I take the motorcycle and the camera like whip pans over to a horse and then like we cut to her like galloping into the woods. And this isn't like a, a little trot. This is like a, a Erwin, if you want him, come oh, yeah. claim him it's sort fast. of gallop. <laughs> For some reason, I just feel like I have seen in movies a very pregnant woman on a horse before. I don't know why. I feel like that is a thing I've seen maybe in fantasy. Um, I'm... Or old I'm, old I'm West sure. movies. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I, I guess maybe they wouldn't normally be the ones riding. They would more be like held under the arm of someone who was riding a horse. I'm not I'm not sure. But you are missing an important an important part of that scene is it it cuts to the quad, it cuts to the motorcycle, then it cuts to the horse, and she says, You. Like she <laughs> she's she is consciously telling the horse, like you and I you and I are in this together, buddy. Yeah, I mean, she was probably telling, you see me, I'm six months pregnant, make sure that when you do your galloping, you do it in a way that counteracts this jostling action that's going to happen, because I need yeah, to keep like my child I, what safe. I should pick, I should pick the one vehicle that will die if it left in a forest fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, there's a couple problems <laughs> with her, <laughs> man, I guess. Um, but, uh, but yeah, okay. So, so we got that out of the way. That's just something I had to like, cause I don't, I don't want that to cloud my review of this film. No, um, everything else was 10 out of 10, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to get that out, um, at, at the front hand because from the moment that scene happened, I could not st- stop thinking about it until the end of the movie. <laughs> mm. Um, but anyways, we're not here to talk about, uh, what activities you're allowed to do when you're six months pregnant. Um, we're here to talk about this little film called Those Who Wish Me Dead. So, Stephen, what do you say we get into this review? Let's do it. 
We're going to take a listen to the trailer for those who wish me dead, and then we're going to come back and give you this review. Why'd they put you in a fire tower? Well, I'm just lucky, I guess. I read the wind wrong. I should have gone to them. Then you'd be dead, too. That's our job. I'm not gonna hurt you. I wanna see where the blood's coming from. It's not my blood. You in trouble? Anyone else in trouble? My dad said if anything happened, I should find someone I can trust. Are you someone I can trust? We promise absolutes accordingly. Run on. Run on. Those men, they came for your father. Did you see their faces? That's Cut you down. Run! Give me something else to worry about. You're gonna run. Run on for a long And you're gonna keep running. That eats everything in its path. You really wanna die for this kid? Take a deep breath. Hold it. And lay back. What happens next? You look it right in the eye. Government guards gonna cut you down. Government guards gonna cut you down. So that was the trailer for Those Who Wish Me Dead, um, which is a strange sentence to say uh, for some reason. Um, but uh, yeah, basically it is about a couple different things. One, it's about a a uh, firefighter who is sort of traumatized by something that's happened in her past. Um, and she mm. comes across a young boy who is <laughs> newly traumatized <laughs> because of something that's happened in his present. Um, and uh, also about a fire. And it's sort of about this woman trying to help this boy run from a for a couple forces, one of nature and one of man, um, that is trying to uh, kill him and uh, other people that might be in their path. Uh, Stephen Miller, what did you think of those who wish me dead? So I feel like the trailer I just listened to was for the movie that I was hoping I was watching when I sat down to watch those who wish me dead, which is kind of schlocky action thriller. Angelina Jolie, kid being chased by bad guys, fire is involved. You know, g give it to me. Like, like it, it maybe it won't be amazing, but it's going to, you know, keep the thrills coming, right? Like, that's all I'm really looking for in this movie. 
I do not understand why this movie is so fucking boring. <laughs> I, I, I felt <laughs> like maybe I was in a bad mood when I watched it, but I felt like there was no forward momentum to this thing at all. Um, I like, and, and the premises, again, there are two dueling things, right? There is the people who, I don't know if the trailer gives away who all is after him necessarily you you meet the bad guys right away and two seconds after looking at them you're like well these are definitely bad guys because of who they cast <laughs> <laughs> that's true like like that opened and i was pretty stoked for it i was like oh hell yeah we're gonna have like brutal vicious like show no mercy hitmen that are after you know this kid and then it introduced us to angelina jolie and she's kind of like a a th- now thrill seeker because she's been traumatized from her past and nothing matters anymore and like that is you feel like that's gonna play in you know to make her be like willing to risk everything to save this kid and then after the first act like after everything is teed up and it's time to actually care about the kid and angelina jolie i feel like the movie just like doesn't happen like the the movie is just like okay here they are no, actually, they're going to go back. No, wait. What if there's a comfort? To- uh, actually, eh, okay, we're done. Like, like I don't know. There, there was something about the movie that I felt like it really did not live up to the promise of what it set out to do. And part of it maybe is my comparison points. Like, I have seen a great wildfire fighting movie, and it's called Only the Brave. <laughs> and this movie didn't feel like it made me understand anything more about, like, the risk of wildfires or the way smoke jumpers actually help things. It kind of made it seem like fire just will destroy everything and nobody can do anything about it, and you just sit and wait and, you know, hope you don't die. <laughs> um <laughs> And then, like, I feel like the fire took away from the Hitman story, which could have been more fun on its own. And, like, the combination just means everyone in this movie, the decisions they make are like the pregnant woman choosing a horse instead of a motorcycle, where it's like, why why would you do that? Like, you just boxed yourself into a situation you're not going to be able to get out of, you know? And I feel like the way this movie actually unfolds it felt like nothing anyone did mattered and the stakes and the events that happened didn't matter and people who we are meant to look up to like literally sitting and waiting would have had the same outcome i don't know there was just something very unsatisfying to me about this movie which isn't to say that it was bad like it it looked cool you know the mood is good like I think Taylor Sheridan's head is up his own ass. I think he ruined his uh, <laughs> reputation for me with that Hell or High Water QA. And now I just look at it. That, I that see was, that everywhere. <laughs> he didn't ruin anything. That was that was hand down, hands down the best Q&A experience we've ever had. Oh, and you know that's that was true. A, that, that was a great Q&A experience. But my opinion of him became like, oh, wow, you're like just an arrogant dude who thinks like the movie you made is the most meaningful, you know, ode to the land or whatever. And that's yeah, kind yeah. of what I felt like with this movie, too, is I'm like, man, you you could have made like a throwbacky thriller and just given us the fun. And instead you decided like it's going to be about the power of nature and the fact that nothing happens is really what happened. You know, like I feel like he thought himself into a corner and it just was like strictly less satisfying than the dumb version of the movie would have been. Like, so it looked fine. The tone was fine. Like, he knows what he's doing. It just, I don't know. I, 
I was pretty let down. I thought I was going to have a much more like fun time than I did with this movie. Yeah, I, I think I think for me, this film's main problem is is trying to overcomplicate the narrative that it's trying to go to. Like you talk about the potential for this being like a throwback to, you know, like older, older action, actiony, fun kind of films that you can get super into. Like this film should be extremely simple throughout the entire plot for who the killers are, have the kid witness them kill somebody else. And then it's like home alone style, right? Like, Oh, mm-hmm. the kid knows, <laughs> knows we exist now we have to get the kid like that, that that's right. all the plot you need to have you don't have to have this whole backstory with like what's going on and why the killers are there and the organization that the killers all work for like none of that is really important all you have to do is see somebody who witnesses or, or even like what if the dad and the kid were hiking on on, on a trail um uh you know the dad saw them from from uh, the killers from a ways away and was like they're kind of scary had the kid hide behind a log pretended like he was on the only one on the trail the guys kill the dad just out of spite and then the kid runs off and they go like shit a witness and they go after him right there's plenty of things you could do to start this film off that don't require you to try to come up with reasons why this whole thing is taking place and i guess this is based on a book or something um but like you don't have to follow the book exactly. Yeah. Like if the book is overly complicated, you can simplify the movie. Like I, I think that this film doesn't require you to do something complex to create an interesting story here. I mean, like just running from killers in the wilderness would be interesting enough. What if maybe there's also a raging forest fire at the same time? I think that's a pretty compelling setup for a film that could be pretty interesting. Well, sure. I mean, like you could have it at the end, Jungle Book style or Lion King style or whatever. Like, look, there's a fire and now the final showdown or whatever also has fire coming against you. Like, that's fine. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, well, like, like, like for me, what, what I think this film, the, the better way to make this film, you know, ignoring any source material that it came from, just like the way you could tell this story to be more interesting, which... Which, you know, is something that they they may may or may not try to kind of do is I think that you basically split this film into two films. One is scary situation you have to resolve and then resolve the tension and then realize that there's still a fire and then spend a really long time. Like, I think if this was like two parts, like two distinct parts halfway split down the movie where it's like, oh, no, killers, you resolve whatever's going on there and then you have to spend like another like 45 minutes just trying not to die in a fire that actually adds some tension where it's like oh my god thank god we're alive and then going oh shit there's a fire right how we like like it suddenly becomes a disaster film uh, (laughs) that you're trying to get away from not just like at the end being like oh yeah and there's fire still uh what are we gonna do now yeah and and that's the weird like again the I don't remember exactly how long this movie was, but it just felt like it dragged out the intro and the setup a long time. Then in a kind of like quick one-two punch, it was like resolve the middle part. Oh, also there's another thing. Okay, no, never mind. Like like it it was just, it it felt very anticlimactic. There was something very odd about it. And I know again, like Sheridan prides himself on like, defying audience expectations or whatever like my big problem with sicario was that i felt like the final 20 minutes were a completely different movie and like didn't fit with the rest of the pretty fantastic movie that they had made um and i'm sure that was intentional on his part like i'm sure that was a a thing that he liked about it but here it just felt like 
that ending was just like limp it like it i don't know it it resolves itself so quickly and it, it just made the whole pacing of the movie feel like off to me somehow like okay wait what it, what is the conflict that oh there's none okay <laughs> okay yeah cool and, and and also like the film thinks there's no conflict but there's definitely still a conflict because the the killers that we meet at the beginning of this film aren't working on their own <laughs> right they, they work yeah, for people so, with an objective i kind of i i don't think this movie is worth spoiling but i definitely at the end of the movie i hadn't clicked to check the timestamp, and i was like man this feels like the ending but oh is there like another 20 minutes i'm maybe going to be interested in what this movie is doing now and then it was like nope <laughs> the movie's over <laughs> We need uh, those who wish me to add to Day of Soldado or something to just <laughs> show me more. Yeah. So that's another thing, too, about this. Like, this film starts with us seeing what it's like to be a smoke jumper and seeing how gnarly this situation is. Then partway through the film, there is a raging forest fire. We There are characters who say we can't do X because everybody's fighting this fire. But you never see anybody fight the fire. You don't know. Like, there is one, there is one character that screeches his car to a halt when he sees... A Nicholas Holt. When he sees the, uh, <laughs> the smoke rising up out of the forest. But, but like, you don't... Like, no one's fighting a fire in the middle of this film. In fact, it sure, sure as hell seems like people are like, you know what? We'll just let this thing burn itself out. And then just, like, the no, next exactly. day... No, exactly. Like, I, I thought it would at least be... Like, there's a prediction that Angelina Jolie's character makes of, like, look, there's a raging forest fire. That means helicopters are going to come, right? Like, that means people are going to be fighting this, blah, blah, blah. And, like, there's no way to say this, but that's spoiling the movie. But, like, nobody fucking comes. Like, none, <laughs> well, none of these people do anything. At least, I, like, not in a time frame when any of it would make sense. <laughs> I mean, a plane does come. Like, like her prediction, she, she specifically says, I should have been in the tower i should have seen the smoke and called it in but i didn't so they'll at least send somebody to the tower to see if i'm okay and mm. there are definitely people who smoke jump to the tower <laughs> mm. but it's like a day later and it doesn't matter <laughs> no right yeah like it, it isn't reacting to anything it's yeah. like after yeah i don't know it it was just strange to me and there there's all these weird things like like there's a lightning field involved like what are the fucking odds of what happens in that scene and like it is like a chase and then they suddenly are just like sitting and talking in the lightning field <laughs> like, i mean it's a freak storm that, that happens then it's gone steven obviously mm. but here, here's my question about the lightning stuff at some point in, in this film angelina jolie is inside her fire tower which is i don't know a lot about forest fire protection stuff but i assume if you build a giant tower in the middle of the forest it's made to be able to withstand lightning strikes right you would hope i i assume that your job isn't to try to get the hell out of the tower during a lightning storm because you would think that's the most dangerous place to be is trying to climb down the side of a metal structure while it's being struck by lightning but i assume right. if you're inside it in the cabin <laughs> like you're probably okay, right? She is inside her thing. She hears a loud sound, goes, what? Oh, no. And then tries to dive off Tomb Raider style off the side of the yeah. structure. And 
I, I just don't know why she wouldn't just like, you know, get to the center of the, the, the tower and then get in a fetal position or something, cover yourself. And yeah. so I, I don't know. I, 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 just don't know. Don't, I mean, I, she is just having the worst day, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only way it could be any worse is if she watched three kids burn alive. <laughs> yeah. She's like lightning sends her out of the tower. A kid has like witnessed terrible trauma and has like men chasing after him like 15 minutes after that lightning is going to strike later like i don't know there it, it just felt it it's the kind of thing that like i would never nitpick if this were like a fun john wick type movie i would be like oh hell yeah cool all this stuff happens but it yeah it is this weird combination of the plot being kind of dumb as hell and like a bunch of weird fortuitous things happening one after each other but then the tone of the movie being sicario of like this is like meaningful this is heavy this is going to be like a you know what are they going to do survival you know blah 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 and that combo just kind of annoyed me like i'm i'm shitting on it more than i disliked it like i thought this was like a middle of the road whatever movie it just like felt like a wasted opportunity because i think the better movie to make is also way easier to make like you just don't overthink it yeah so i've been shitting on it for a long time i will i will say two positive things towards this film um one is i actually like the rapport that angelina julie has with the child (laughs) like they have at least it's not it's not chemistry but it's also a kind of like, I don't trust anybody, the kid. And she's kind of like, I don't want to fucking deal with this right now. And there's like an endearing, like she knows she has to help him, but she's also sort of over this shit. <laughs> and there, there was something yeah. nice about whatever they had going on that, that, I, that I kind of enjoyed at moments. Like, I think there's a few times where I kind of went like, <laughs> like one of those like. Like, I, I, I felt that impulse, but then I was like, this kid is traumatized as fuck. Like he was <laughs> like. <laughs> Do you know what he watched two hours ago? How are they bantering right now? Well, also, I mean, let's be honest, though. Like, I, I always bring it up. My my biggest pet peeve in films is when a character doesn't just tell the other person the information they need to understand what's going on. He definitely could have said, like, I literally watched my dad get shot up like Deadpool. <laughs> right. <laughs> Except for he can't heal himself. So, yeah. uh, so go easy on me, right? Like he, he could have said that at any point in time. Um, and he doesn't because, you know, whatever reasons are. Um, right. but, but, you know, I, I had enough fun with their, with that, with their sort of their pairing off in this film. The other thing I will say too is if I'm honest, I kind of like the killers. <laughs> Like, oh, oh! I, I want to see a movie that is just them murdering people. Like that would be way yeah. more entertaining than this movie. Yeah, like th- there's something really like they act in this universe of this film, kind of like a killer in a horror film, like this unstoppable force that just comes no matter mm-hmm. what what is going on. And there's something kind of compelling about watching them. They they're not just assassins. They're assassins with like unlimited resources, right? They just hop mm-hmm. on a plane, land in a place, and there's somebody there with, with a car of, of two different choices. And they just go like, we'll take the truck. And then like, they just go on and it's like, what identity do they need to assume at any moment? Okay, I guess we'll just put on the inspector clothes or we'll right. put on FBI clothes or we'll put on this and that. And like, there was something fun about watching them just 
it's not even adapt. It's like brute force take over any situation they come into. And then seeing them like change from we need to do this thing in a way that nobody knows we were here and slowly transition to like, nah, if somebody sees us, they die. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. There, there was something really interesting about them as that sort of um, that that sort of force in this film that I did actually genuinely enjoy. No, right. I, I enjoyed that, too. That's why I was geared up to enjoy the movie. Like, I, I think the first 20 or 30 minutes or whatever are like setting you up for a pretty good combo um, because the, the killers who I guess will 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 leave unnamed just in case the trailer doesn't unmask them. Um, <laughs> I mean, the trailer shows them <laughs> oh, definitely okay. doing killer stuff. Yeah, okay. So so Aiden Gillen and Nicholas Holt, basically, like, yeah, I, I like them. I like the kind of unstoppable force thing. They have unlimited resources. They do it easily. They don't think about it. They don't, or I think there's a little bit of a hint that Nicholas Holt thinks about it a little bit, and Aiden Gillen doesn't at all. Like, I think there's a little disparity there that they hint at, but they never really play that for anything L- later in the movie in a way that you would expect them to. Yeah. <laughs> um, But they're... Yeah, like there, like there is a scene uh, where they go into a house, and I thought that scene was well done. Like, like the the kind of unstoppable nature of what they're doing make makes sense and makes them good villains. I, it's just the more the more they start to lose their inhibitions and be like, ah, fuck it, we're just on a killing spree now. It doesn't matter. The less rational any decision they make is. And the movie even like tries to justify it by having someone say like, oh, I, I don't know. I haven't been feeling good, you know, ever since the last hour or two, ever since certain <laughs> things happened in my face. Um, but like the, be- the best case version of their plan that night the best case from the moment they set out to find the kid in even in their best case scenario they would die that that is stupid because <laughs> they are walking into a situation with no exit strategy you gotta you gotta finish the job at at any cost but yeah it's just i, I don't know there were just a few decisions they made where i'm like why are you why are you doing it this way and, like, it echoes to other characters, too. Like, John Bernthal's character, the sheriff or deputy or whatever he is. Like, there are moments when he behaves in a way where I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. That guy would do that. That guy would put up a fight in this way. He would feel this way. But the way he winds up acting in the movie is, like, he picked the worst of all combinations. Like, he, he's just <laughs> like, I'm going to do this thing correctly, but I'm not really helping them. It's like, well, you kind of are. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just a... It's all strange. It, it It is all very strange. And I really think the one-two punch of the fire being a thing while this hunt is going on, it to me, it just backfires because it makes the whole movie kind of inevitable and it makes the stakes for what people do not matter because I don't... I can't game out any other outcomes, yeah. basically. Um, yeah. And also, like, without spoiling the ending, even though I know, like, we've talked around it so much, we've probably <laughs> spoiled everything by now. Um, the way Angelina, Angelina Jolie is, like, the one hope to survive in this wilderness, to survive the fire, to survive the lightning storm, to get to safety, to do everything. 
and she respects the power of wildfire. She knows how crazy it can be. She knows how terribly it can turn. The solution in the end is kind of like easy. <laughs> and two people could have always, I don't know. I don't know. It's too hard without spoiling it. But there's there's like multiple things that happen in this movie that are like, if that's where you were going in the end, why did I watch like the last 20 minutes? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Stephen. <laughs> but I don't know. It was the the bad guys were cool. Like the bad guys were cool. Watching them take down the car is cool. Watching them storm the house is cool. The way we're introduced to them with that kind of like stone cold, you know, this is just another day at work mentality. It it reminded me of the opening of Sicario. Like it it, it is cool and appropriately heavy, but doesn't it feels like you're allowed to have fun with it in a way that Sicario it was harder to have fun with it because that felt more realist and this felt more like, okay, yeah. these are super villains, you know? Um I just feel like the movie kind of wastes them after it's done with the setup and yeah. that kind of bounce. Yeah, no, I, I think that this film, like this film is following too many different people. And if this was trying to be one of those type of movies where it's all these distinctly different people who are all converging on one moment in time, that's going to like affect their lives forever. You, you could do a movie like that, mm -hmm. but instead all of these characters know each other <laughs> in some form or another. And yeah. it's like at the beginning of the movie, they go like, Hey, uh, can I come by for the game today? <laughs> and then the movie is just killers <laughs> trying to follow them to the game. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, also, if you are a guy who knows deep secrets that would put your life and many other people's lives at risk, and you know that you can trust no one, wouldn't you put a password on your <laughs> laptop? <laughs> Maybe he does have a password on his laptop, but when he ran out, he uh, didn't slam the lid shut, so it didn't auto-lock, right? Like, maybe he was just like, oh, son, we gotta go, mm. I just saw the news, and a building blew up, and I know that our building's gonna blow up if we don't run. Yeah, energy saver <laughs> off, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a minor nitpick, but it was... I, again, all all the nitpicks I would happily forgive if the movie were fun and schlocky and like paced in an energetic way. But it, it's paced in this dour kind of the movie isn't about what it's about way. And that just made me be like, what? Like there was just no momentum. And that just seemed very odd to me for a movie that should have so much fucking momentum. <laughs> yeah. I'll, also, I'll, I'll say this too. If you think crazy corporate killers are coming after you, because of information that you have and you can't tell that information to somebody over the phone because people might be listening. Maybe don't call the place you're about to drive to <laughs> before you head over there. Maybe just show up unannounced and be like, yo, can we hide here for a little bit? Because right. it just seems like if you can't say stuff over the phone, then you can't say anything over the phone because that it's just a bad idea all the way around. Yeah. Yeah, and if if the way you inoculate yourself is by sharing the information widely, it seems like that should just be your first move. Yeah, also, it, it seems like this film is written in a world where Twitter doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> like, and I don't want to live like, in that world. 
<laughs> I just mean that like if his whole goal is like we need to first not die and then we need to get to the news and then we need to tell somebody. Seems like maybe Twitter is an easy way to just be like, boop, 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 here's all the information, tweeted a bunch of people. Like, yeah, at Julian Assange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, not that there's not many times I would advocate for Twitter being the solution to any problem, but right. it seems like in this one case, you know, once the information's out there, what are they going to do? Kill them? <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably, but. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think we had enough fun talking about this film so steven miller should we get to verdicts yeah all right if you were going to give this a must see reckon with the caveat wait for until pass with the caveat or must avoid what would you give it you know it, it's weird because i have been like just non-stop dunking on this movie but my actual answer that i had prepared was wait for rental this is just like a middle of the road it looks cool enough. There's just not momentum. There's not really a strong reason to keep watching, but like the actor, it has good actors in it and the tone is dark in a way that is like, like, like it's not badly made. Like it's, it's fine. It, it's completely fine. It just doesn't do shit. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say like, this is like a, a weak wait for rental. Like you don't, don't rush out to see it, but if you just want a vibe and you forego the desire for this to be like thrilling or anything, then that, probably you'll enjoy the vibe. It just don't, I don't know, don't think about it as much as Taylor Sheridan wants you to think about it and maybe you'll enjoy <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm actually going to give it a wait for rental as well. I mean, I, I didn't hate watching this film. I just didn't understand a lot of the choices in this film and i knew how it could instantly be better <laughs> like there is enough like throw out the survivalist throw out the cop um just have it be like a dad and his kid trying to run from some people and trying yeah. to go to the least connected place he can which is a place that might have bad cell service because you're in the middle of the friggin' woods and then have a fire start and then have them all try not to die and you have like a decent thriller <laughs> yeah like like um, it wants to be Cormac mccarthy like the road or something just make it like strip down everything else make it just those people and that's it like it, it's fine it seems like it's what it wanted to do anyway and then it just threw 10 other things in the mix yeah but yeah that is going to be our review of those who wish me dead um so uh yeah stephen miller people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that uh, if people want to find me, they can use my sat phone at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller, uh, or they can call the radio tower at sdavidmiller.com. Yeah, if people want to find me, they can come find me in the fire tower that I've been sitting in for the last year alone. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find me at christopherreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherreall. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to those who wish me dead. <laughs> It's you can't use this film's title in a sentence. Any sentence that has other words that come before the title messes it up. Jesus. Um, but anyways, that is this review um, for this film. We are about to take off, put ourselves in a box, <laughs> and get ourselves 
trapped in with no oxygen as we review the film Oxygen, which also came out on Netflix this this uh, past weekend. And by also, I mean, also it came out on Netflix. This film was on HBO Max. Could <laughs> could <laughs> save. <laughs> that, I, I got to tell you too. There were both movies that we picked to review this weekend were like, will Steven have an asthma attack from watching this movie? <laughs> I have two final complaints about this movie that are like a little spoilery, so I'm just going to keep them vague and not follow up with any context. Um, One is how does the parachute not come back in the movie in a meaningful way? Any other movie would make that be a setup to something. (laughs) Um, Number two, Tyler Perry. (laughs) 